Podcast anime with friends. I am Sabrina Ray. These are the friends. Hello. I am Batman. Wow. I, it's good I to mean, know. where did you where did you want us to go with that? <laughs> I don't know. Do you even know who you are? Uh I mean I I do, but sometimes, you know, maybe I wish I was someone else. Like Batman? I actually don't think that would be very preferable. I think if you look on balance, Batman has a pretty shitty life. I mean, he's super rich. That is a plus. Okay, if we're going to do a pluses and minuses, you know, that's in the plus column. Certainly. Super rich. But does he spend a lot of time in the Playboy lifestyle? I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> do you have to be Batman as he is, though? Can't you? Yeah, just be like there is no own? Batman except Batman as he is. You can't not be Batman. You can't not be tortured by the deaths of your mother and father. You can't not strive for redemption and to punish the wicked. That you wouldn't be Batman. But I feel like a real story about Batman would be about him overcoming that trauma rather than feeding it forever. And yet, there is no such story. There's got to be. I mean, this, this, they've written so much about him. I mean, American okay, comics American comics never end. So I, I concur with that. But um, And I would also not call myself an expert in Batman. Um, but I would, uh, I would posit that the happy redemption arc of Batman's existence, I, I haven't seen that. Um, and if it if it is out there, it certainly hasn't gained wide traction. No, I mean in the movies they kind of you know they've they've concluded his story a couple different times. I actually just watched the most recent one again. I I had seen it in the theater and was a little. I became very tired of it because it's a very long movie. It is it long. Tends, it tends to hit several of the same beats over and over again. It does. But. Uh, Taken in little chunks at a time in between bites of a burrito, <laughs> I would say that I found a lot of joy uh, in sort of the the sort of uh, noir. I hate that word. It's so overused, but it's probably the best description for what they're trying to do. Yeah, I, I would agree that there's... Well, it's also... What did it remind me? It's like Batman mixed up... What was the movie? Seven? I feel like there's a lot of yeah, that's a good description. They wanted of it. to take it as dark as they could reasonably get it, and I don't I don't fault them for that. They had to come <laughs> on with a new angle because there's been a lot of Batman movies, um, but it did have some some foibles. Um, Dude, I some, love some I love Paul Dano. He's he's such a little candy sweetheart, you know, <laughs> with his with his little panicky his his like his kind of like just. He's creepy. <laughs> He's kind of a creepy guy. That's uh, definitely the angle they played up. But but incel Riddler, they take the most arch, most like campy villain and turn him into an incel seven stand in like I you're right about seven because if you just took seven and made it again today, he would probably be an incel. Mm. And 
it would probably go in that direction. But like, I was just thinking like, yeah, Paul Dano is the Riddler. Like he's going to go around and he's not, he's leaving like the most boring riddles. First of all, it's like, I wouldn't want to solve him if I was Batman. In fact, he doesn't even he doesn't even solve him. He just is like Arthur. Uh, he's just a uh, Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> Arthur, you do it. <laughs> he doesn't even know the name of his butler. He's like Alfred. You do it. <laughs> Alfred, just, solve these I'm, riddles for me. I'm gonna go brood in the corner. Mm. I love I love emo Batman though. He's I, Robert Pattinson is is one of the good ones. Anyway, enough about Batman. Uh, how are you all this evening? I have a presentation at work tomorrow that I'm a little bit tense about. Well, the best way to remove tension is to talk about Japanese animation with your besties. So, mm. I also recommend rescuing sick and injured birds. No, actually, that sounds much <laughs> more stressful. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so rewarding. I'm fairly certain it was very stressful because Victoria's not just not just whistling Dixie over there. She she did post about this on Twitter and I, I replied immediately because I think she slept for 12 hours afterward. I, th- I think so. I'm probably closer to 11. Yeah. So, um, I, so I'm a bird person. I dabble in, um, wildlife dabble. rehab volunteer yeah. uh, in, in, in wildlife rehab volunteering sometimes. Um, and anyway, a friend messaged me, like there's this like pigeon on the door, on the doorstep to my apartment building. That's like not moving she sent me pictures and like oh yeah that's not that's not normal um she wasn't quite ready to be the person to pick it up and bring it to the rehab center so i was just like you know what time to take a trip to a different neighborhood train and bus like i just went and you know so i went got got this bird and it, it was you know it was a it was a it was a really great, great experience at the end because um a couple of the building residents were there and they're like you know, they're worried, they're worried about this pigeon, like what they should do, what they should do for her. And I just kind of show up like, hi, I'm here to rescue the bird. I've got a box and a towel. Let's make this happen. Um, yeah. So I took, took it, took it home. Didn't sleep, didn't sleep very much that night because, you know, I was like checking, checking in, making sure, making sure it was still, making sure the bird was still like alive and not like, you know, because I making you know, making sure she, making sure she was still alive, so I could take her to the rehab center next morning, which I did. Um, yeah, help help animal help animals in need when you see them. A round of applause for Victoria's <laughs> selfless bird rescue. Um, I was just thinking as you were saying that story about the the recent news that they're going to be changing the garbage days in New York City because they want to limit the number of rats that yeah. are just they're just sort of taken over at this point. Like, I think one of our interns was, or I guess they're not called interns, but one of the people who's, who is a part of a fellowship program that we have. Sorry, one of the people we don't pay. Continue. <laughs> wow. I don't work for anyone and I'm not affiliated <laughs> with anything. So let's just keep that clear. Um, one of the people who was on the fellowship was confiding in us and was telling us that, when she was staying in the city the first time she was going through the like she was going through the subway and a rat just started coming from the other direction and she was just like what do i do she's like i don't know what to do there's nobody around and there's just this rat walking straight towards me and so she like kind of like stepped aside and the rat walked past <laughs> I, I like the i like the rats i mean all right like from a public health perspective they're probably not great um 
pigeons, despite their reputation, actually don't don't spread disease to people, just to other just to other birds. But but still, like I don't know, when I see a rat when I see a rat in the tracks, I'm just like, this is just you know, this is just an animal, you know, doing its best to survive and the filth we've given it. Like they're cute. Um, yeah, I actually yeah. think they're cute too. They are, um, yeah. It's just that I think that if I were living in New York and like dining out and there were just rats crawling around next to me, I'd probably be less inclined to think they were cute. Uh, my friend told a story about how whenever there's a the news article about those, like, I don't know what to call them. They're not storm doors, but they're like those doors that are on the ground, like the sidewalk, those like basement doors. I know what you. I know what you mean. And, and they they open and then they go down there and they load them, right? And someone apparently, whenever anyone in New York falls down one, the local news get, like gets on the story and they're like, oh, "Another person fell down one of those doors." <laughs> idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, basically calling them an idiot. And except this one time, this guy fell and he hit his head, and then the rats just took him. Oh right, yeah. I remember. I, I heard about that. <laughs> Dogs I mean, like, I mean, I feel like, like the rats took him. No, I, mean, I, I don't I, want I any almost, greater detail like than the that. The rats would be the, like the least of my concern there, but you know, uh, I, can't, I can't help liking the animals that um that are misunderstood. Yeah, you know, what also a, a misunderstood animal. <laughs> you know, what a misunderstood animal is 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 a cat. We think of them when that we see them as strays as just like, what are you doing loafing around? You should be killing those rats. But what if they could bring you packages? <laughs> what if they could nice. bring you your heart's very desire from Yamazon? <laughs> that was a hell of a segue, but I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, that was great. Yeah, so we're talking about a new series this week. Not a new series for, you know, release. I think, it, when did it come out, Victoria? It was a... Uh, two seasons ago it was 2021 like summer i want to say okay so we're talking about (laughs) last year but for us this is our series eight like series proper that we're doing after we did the isekai stuff uh and this is also sort of an isekai it's a bit of a stretch to call it that i guess but um certainly they do go to another world 36 Japanese middle school students sort of get transported to another world where they have superpowers, but the superpowers aren't always obvious and some of them don't know what's going on. And it's their entire school that's been transported. Like it was just like scooped up and dropped into this sort of La Brea Tar Pit-esque black void. Yeah, the void is a great word. And I, I would also... Superpowers are just powers. They're not it, always super. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some of them, like, there's an episode where one of them is, like, bragging about it, and then it turns out he could just light up his finger like E.T., yeah. which was a very nice moment, I thought. Uh, and not for nothing. I mean, that would be a pretty cool power. Yeah. Right? Imagine, like, you know, it's, it's at night, and you don't you want to turn your lights on, but you don't want to use your cell phone flashlight, and you could just... That's true. Yeah, that's true. Like I, I have one of those iPhone, I think it's 12 at this point. And, uh, they got rid of the home button and everything has to be done with like, 
like uh, finger swipes and things, right? So like I try to swipe down to open, like I try to open my phone and use the button that looks like a flashlight <laughs> and it won't work. And so I have to swoop down with two fingers. I, I'm learning a lot about the female anatomy from my phone. <laughs> Let me tell you about how to pleasure I, a fellow uh, woman. I can't. <laughs> We're not going right. that direction right now. Good night, now. everyone. <laughs> good night. Good night. No, um, it's just there's a lot of finger play using my phone, and it's very difficult to get the, the, the flashlight both on and off. I just can't find the button. <laughs> That's because there never was a button. No, probably not. Um, I got off track, but uh, when you were talking about superpowers, yeah, they're not all super. Some of them are are ill-defined, and some of them are just kind of weird. The science kid can, like, project his computer outside the computer. I'm trying to remember his name. I think it's pronounced Rajani. Is that right? Uh... Yeah, it's this has been especially tough for me with the subtitles because I I have trouble hearing the Japanese and parsing the words, so it's just from the spelling. Um, um, I mean, that's actually a good question. It's uh, according thing, to the Japanese romanization, mm-hmm. Rajidani. So, a Rajidani. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, so let's apologize. That apologize right. for that. I honestly, I sometimes have trouble remembering just what the characters' names are in general. So, yeah, yeah. Rajdani is probably <laughs> Rajdani. Yeah, yeah. There's like probably seven main characters, uh, and then there's a bunch of kind of like characters that come in and out of the story, or ones that you see doing like sort of hanging around in the background that kind of repeat, but uh, it's basically this. I think that it's basically Nagara's story. Nagara. <laughs> Why did I say it that way? It's basically Nagara. Nagara. It's basically Nagara's story. Um, and it's tempting at the very beginning to be like, fuck this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's a middle schooler, so fuck him anyway. But like, <laughs> like he is like he's he's such the Japanese anime like indie anime character. Like he's so ineffectual. He's so detached from everything. He's he treats everything coolly. It's he feels like he's an Evangelion character waiting to happen. Like, yeah, I mean, it reminds me of. The true anti-hero um, who is best epitomized, in my opinion, in, um, oh, God, his name is The Dude. Who's The Dude? Um, oh, um, in uh, The Big Lebowski. Yes, The Big Lebowski. Thank you Coen so much. Brothers movie. This in This was one of the few movies where this works, um, in my opinion, where the protagonist makes nothing or almost nothing happen, and the movie sort of coalesces around them all the action happens outside of them um and normally if you do that the story falls apart but in that particular movie it does it well and i agree here that our main character is insipid at best <laughs> i actually dislike many of the characters in this series. I, you know i agree with that um <laughs> well, we're off to a great start really no but this. i i think it is a, I'm st- I am still intrigued. I mean, 
okay, form this in your mind, and then we will we'll say, who is your favorite character? Because at this point, some of us have watched all of it, but the majority of us have not. And I do have a favorite. I mean, so is it Mizuho? I think, Mizuho? I think we're all going to be Mizuho people, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's not Mizuho. Huh? Which one do you like? I think it's, isn't it, uh, it's Nozomi? Is she the one, the She's the, the transplant? Yeah, thank you, yes. She's more interesting in the beginning than later, I thought. Like yeah. when she first appears on the scene, she has kind of a like um, untouchable quality. Like if we want to talk about the first episode, um, it's basically these kids are suddenly. It's almost like the Lord of the Flies, where the kids are suddenly masters of their own domain. Wait, that's not what I wanted to say. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's not. Yeah. They're <laughs> let loose into the wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not yeah. not the Seinfeld reference. That yeah. I, was, I, was, I mean, I, this, this I, is a dirty show tonight. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, anyway, I definitely yeah. saw those similarities myself. Although it's mostly it's it's mostly based or mostly inspired by this seventies manga called The Drifting Classroom, which I haven't read and I probably won't. Um, <laughs> I looked it but up. It's I looked for, it yes. up. Yeah. I, I I had read that it's similar to that, but I've never read it either. Um, I'm not sure where I would find it right now, but um, I think it's I think it is actually. It is written and illustrated by Kazuo Umezu, uh, and yeah, it sounds like it's kind of similar, but they added in superpowers, and uh, I don't know. As this series has gone on, I've started to think that this is more of a metaphorical thing than it is yeah. like a let's follow the plot like slavishly moment to moment because a lot of the time it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and I, I do want to talk about monkey baseball later. <laughs> okay. Good, but, although I am, <laughs> I have both a lot and very little to say about monkey baseball. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get to that. That's episode four. Um, for some background information on this series. So this is by director um, Shinko Natsume, who after years of working on both some commercial and non-commercial works, um, the most famous of his commercial works probably being One Punch Man, he basically got a blank check to do whatever the fuck he wanted. And those we get this like extremely distinctive looking weird like um often very obtuse coming of coming of age metaphor that drew my attention because i like weird shit (laughs) yeah i get that um i will add to this that i was reading an interview he did um with funimation promoting it and he talks about how there's no monologues which if you watch japanese animation the monologues can be exhausting uh it's one of the reasons one piece is actually pretty successful is that they do tend to cut down on those sort of like i'm talking to myself about everything that's happening kind of moments uh it's one of the things that people kind of underrate that that makes it stand out i think the dragon ball was the same way but i can't remember um but what i do know is that yeah it it can ruin like sort of like not just the mystery but like sort of your emotional like it just tells you how to feel at every moment right like lots of anime does that uh this one doesn't 
And unfortunately, sometimes I just don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's a very crazy series because um, it they're not really there's things keep escalating in a way that uh, it only makes sense after you finish like finding out what's going on. And then you kind of have to think back on what you just saw. So in the first episode, it's not really that hard to understand. It's like the kids are let loose into the world. You know, there are no adult supervisors around. And suddenly they they kind of like, they're, a lot of them are going crazy with the powers. Like the kid who bends gravity or whatever he does. Uh, Shatters he's, reality. <laughs> <laughs> he's shattering reality. It would seem that he uses some kind of like gravity-based uh, power in later episodes, but uh, he's using it to shatter windows and stuff. Like just being kind of like, you know, a Yankee punk. Uh, and some people take a, take have taken issue with that. And other people, their powers either, you know, at the beginning, you don't know if they don't have powers or if it's simply the matter that they haven't discovered what their powers are yet. But they've sort of clustered together and, you know, um, they would be at the mercy of people with powers if those people had any greater designs than breaking some windows. <laughs> but uh, they they kind of determine amongst themselves those with powers uh, that are kind of like near or dear to the, the the class representative, which is another sort of anime trope that I I've never thought of like the class president as being a particularly important figure in any kind of storytelling in the U S you know, but in Japan it's, it's always, there's always like that, that leader of the class that kind of like sets the tempo of seriousness for everybody. And here, um, in addition to another character named Hoshi, um, the, the class leader kind of like determines that they should have rules about using powers, you know, so that people aren't just shattering windows all the time, even though the windows go back to their original form. But we don't, do we even recognize that in this episode? That they go back to their original form? I mean, I mean I know he would have eventually run out of windows to shatter. Yes. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, go on. Yeah, what I, all I'm trying to do is set it up so you guys we can all have a discussion about this. But um, they elect the sports guy, the the kind of like jock character, uh, to enforce the rules. I mean, and you, if you think about it, baseball has some pretty like hard rules that can't really be bent. You can't really. I mean, you can cheat in baseball, but you can't really break the rules. Um, the game is what the game is. And so uh, this, if everyone who breaks rules, you know, the people who don't want to play by who, who now given freedom, don't really want to go back into the shackles of, of society's rules again. Uh, if they, if they break those rules, they get this big X on their face. Well, only if they're <laughs> called they're, out for a penalty, it's not like you right. break a rule and it happens. Somebody's got to, institute this penalty but it can be anyone it seems yeah at first we thought it was just i first i thought it was the captain or caps i thought it was caps power but as it goes on you see that it's obviously more than that um 
and that tricky little Hoshi character who's just got this like scheming sort of vibe. Like, I don't like the energy I get off that character. Uh, It's kind of Loki-like, you know, like a little trickster, (laughs) little magic trickster. Yeah, I agree. I... (sighs) they're definitely like pulling some strings or something. Like, I, I feel like we've got to, for me, I struggle a bit, a lot um, with <laughs> the, the concept of this world, or at least that's how it's translated in the, in the subtitles. And every, this first episode, there's only one space. It is their school um, surrounded by inky blackness um, but there are obviously rules here that apply, and what what it sort of appears like Hoshi knows this because or somehow I don't know how it becomes known that you can institute rules and then penalize like there's there's real ways when you talked about Lord of the Flies, this is a fantastic example where this could go wrong in a real hurry. like who who voted on these rules? Um, who came yeah. to, how did they come to be? And therefore, how can a penalty be applied um, arbitrarily or not? And we don't see the institution in the next three episodes. This trope does not reoccur. There's no subsequent penalties issued for various things. And the penalties also are at the whim of the penalizer. How how do we know what the penalty is? I don't think that we do other than them saying it. Although, does she say it? Uh, no, wait. Mm. Hoshi's a boy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hoshi's a boy. Okay. Yeah. Does he say what the what Cap has to do when Cap kind of is foist on his own petard? Um, hoisted. I hoisted. I, why did I, I say so. foist? <laughs> uh, I, my, my, so my understanding is, and this is, this is, I think, explains more in like, second or third episode is that like any sort of parallel world they're in has its own has its own rules like just rule just rules that exist in it yeah and it's 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 not incredibly clear to me but basically it's if somebody somehow broken the rules inside the school they can they can they can be penalized yeah, I, I agree with that. And it applies to everyone, powers or not. Oh, they're very petty, terrible p- punishments, too. They remind me of Harry Potter in, uh, in the Order of the Phoenix, how he has to like write over and over again on his hand until it's like bleeding, except in this case, they just have to do algebra over and over. <laughs> I think they have to divide pi. I think that's what one of them, Asakaze, Asakaze yeah. has to do. And then the it's, other one... Oh God, she's so ingrained in the culture, isn't she? J.K. Rowling and her wizard books. Yeah, let's let's change the topic. Uh, I was I was gonna say I think they're just I think they're just very like school punishments. Yeah, like you got to do you got to do push ups, like really you got to do push ups. You got to do math. You know, the the only the only one the only one gets a really humiliating one is Cap. As we said, could he gets he has to he strip get, naked you know, and bounce yeah. around. Yeah. But this reminds me of another, there was like a, was it in the Marvel universe, um, a villain who basically, if you listen to his voice, you are compelled to do that which he told you to do. Uh, Kill, uh, Kilgore, is that right? 
I was, honestly uh, don't played, know. He was played by the um he was played by the guy who was in Doctor Who. David Tennant. David Tennant. Yep. So I mean this is but the yeah featured so, in Jessica Jones. Yes, thank you. That's the one I was looking for. Um but I don't I mean, we can go a lot into this, but it's it's sort of like an afterthought. It's it's this plot device that creates tension for this episode. Um, yeah. But all that is broken by stuff that seems very tangential to the whole sort of following the rules culture that's been imposed, um, which is through Nozomi and uh, Nagara. I would say that the episode led me to believe this was going to be a very different show than it eventually becomes because I I thought we were going to have like power struggles and other things like that based on these rules because they sort of outsmart each other at one point where like um they they were able to capture Cap in like a in like a, a paradox or something yeah, yeah and know. like the whole world went sort of topsy turvy and became splintered like and re-pieced together in a different fashion which clearly was meant am i wrong here that it was meant to represent chaos whereas the school was like this ordered orderly thing and like I don't, it, I don't know why but they decided that it was important that they clean it <laughs> it was almost like it was a kind of arbitrary like like a duty that was that was pushed upon them yeah it was creating structure in order to um exert control control maintain order demonstrate civility those kinds of things and it's like too what like if normal normalcy too it's like you know routine routines create a sense of normalcy while they're you know, off, often, often this weird parallel version of, of their school. You know, with no adults and no, no clue how to get back, which they want to do, by the way. Yeah, that's a good point. That yeah. is a good point. They do <laughs> want to go back. It's not like they're like living their best lives here. Yeah. Well, they're not. It's in some ways, it's like, are they living at all? That's true. Um. That's interesting because it's a sense of normalcy. It feels like. It feels like we're talking about anarchy versus like organized government or something where some people just kind of want to like break the system and just break windows all day (laughs) (laughs) and just take whatever they want. And other people want to like have those rules in place because there are they have created that first episode sort of the haves and the have nots, even though that kind of goes out the window by the end. But um, the have nots. Of course, they they if they're gonna if they're going to have any power at all, they need to have those structures in place because otherwise, you know, people who could just bend space and time could just go and do whatever they want without considering how it impacts other people. And we have some we have some characters who were against that structure even when they were when they were on normal earth or specifically nozomi she's we see in yeah. flashbacks that she's like ripping up her textbooks like on the roof she just like does not give a shit about school and is um is trying to is trying to um 
is trying to interest Nagar in her cause, but he's just like the embodiment of, of IDK, LOL. Oh my God. I love the introduction to him, I have to say, where he's just laying on the ground. He's just kind of like, there's, he's not even functioning. <laughs> he's AFK. How about that too? We'll just add AFK to that. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, B or B, I'm going to the toilet. Yeah, she does. Yes, we we does. We see we see three characters in the bathroom as like one of our introductory scenes. That was um, you know, with like urination sounds and everything. That, <laughs> uh, but, that that's 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 always weird to me. I'm like, don't don't acknowledge the reality that we have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, well, that's breaking the rules. Man. Yeah, once they've acknowledged it, maybe in the other worlds they don't have to go to the bathroom because it doesn't really come up very often after that. Yeah. Did you watch the whole thing? I did not. I watched oh, okay. four of them. Okay. Uh, so Don yeah. and I are in the same place. We should mention that. Don and I yeah. are watching it along together. So we don't know where it's ultimately going, but Victoria has seen all 12 episodes. Is it 12? Yeah. yeah. I did, but to be fair, I was high for most of it. So I think that's all I my description of it is like, I don't know what the <laughs> hell was going on. <laughs> yeah. If I were really high watching this, I would have been like, no, I have no, I mean, I had a, tough enough time following the plot like trying i mean i apologize but i checked out during the monkey baseball episode it was like it was torture for me for the most part uh are you not into baseball are you not into monkeys not only am i not into baseball i think it it literally is some kind of spell that puts me to sleep and i went to baseball with you don i think why didn't i no, and you I don't went think and got we were... Shake Shack. What? Wasn't oh, that you? did we go to a baseball game out here? We did, we did. But maybe not. I don't know. I don't think Shake Shack was. No, that sounds like no. We were we were visiting you. Yeah, you went. To, <laughs> we went to we went to City Fields, and what yes, I remember because about Yang baseball loves. Um, she loves the Mets. What I remember about baseball is that they do a lot of dancing. Uh, a lot of singing and no, you, a lot I, of people just check out. <laughs> they just I check think, out and they go away. I think it was so bad for you. Shaked, they get you must for have, like five innings. You must have disassociated. It is true that the line for Shake Shack was ridiculously long. It took like three innings to get those. Three innings. Get okay. Three innings, but it felt like, yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a lot of like, Let's go, Mets, and da, 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 whatever. I mean, <laughs> I just love that you're like, there was a lot of singing. Most people <laughs> who go to baseball games aren't like, oh, did you see all that singing? No, that's not. We're, we're a little off track here. But yeah. uh, but I think it actually does relate to the monkey baseball because <laughs> there is a lot of discussion of monkey baseball. And I was like, man, what is this a metaphor for? Because I'm not seeing it. I, I think that well, you didn't, the you monkey didn't pass the test, <laughs> and you didn't get the the spyglass in order to see flashlight. It was a flashlight that you point on yourself. Oh, sorry. Yes. All right, sorry, go Victoria. Ahead, Victoria. Yeah, I think the monkey baseball episode very accurately encapsulates the feeling of somebody talking to you about sports when you don't care. Yes, and they're just like you. telling you like thank every you. statistic, every like every player, and it's like, like wait, back, wait, back up a second, back up a second. First of all, I don't give a shit. Second of all, like if I just started telling you like 
telling you about like my favorite games and I started going into like the hitboxes and you know um glitches and stuff like you you would want to kill me <laughs> it's like what it's, it's, yeah to say to say oh, I went I went to a sports game like cool which genre it's very inside baseball <laughs> um so anyway, anyway, don't don't talk about sports to me because um, you know how I feel. Anyway, I will talk about actually, the metaphor actually, later, but let's get to yeah. the end of the episode because we're right. we're talking. Don was alluding to when uh, Nozomi sees some kind of glimmer in the distance, and she's sort of been staring off and seeing this thing. And you know, for for someone who constantly doesn't seem to want to be where she is and doing what she's doing. Uh, that seems like a apt power. Um, and then she and Nagara sort of, I mean, she jumps and Nagara ju- like falls down and catches her before she goes into the inky blackness. Uh, but it does lead us to a new world. Well, I think you're missing something very particular. There is he, he caps, he grabs her, but he's hanging onto a railing or something else. And then it breaks and he falls with her into the inky blackness and all of a sudden, they're in the ocean. That's right. And there and we are. And that's critical because he fell. Yes, and, <laughs> and we could talk about him because, I mean, we don't have to keep it a secret because everyone should have watched one through four if they're listening. Uh, <laughs> what if you just listen to this podcast without, you know, doing any research and you're like, oh, today it's Sunny Boy, I guess. I I. Should I pause it now and go watch four go, episodes? No, I'm just going to watch one episode, come back, listen, watch another episode, come back and listen without any kind of like time codes or anything to guide me. You know what? That is a metaphor. You know what? This show is a metaphor for jumping right into Okashina podcast anime with friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, Yeah, that was actually, that's actually, I read an interview and that was the entire purpose. I think so. Right, anyway, Nagar is the world jumper. He His power has something to do with the ability to switch those worlds and find those doorways into other worlds. I'm sorry, other this worlds. It's a very confusing to say it that way. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that translation, but I guess it is literally what they say. It is literal, right? Yeah. So I don't know. But um, getting into episode two, is when you start to see the metaphor becoming a little bit more clear about how like we're dealing with different aspects of society. And is that the, that's the one where it's called aliens and it's the one where the, (laughs) it's called aliens and it's the one where all of the like there's this one character that we talked about before Mizuho who can get anything she wants by ordering it from her phone's app that then delivers it with these three cats uh from the company Nyamazon which nya is like everyone knows it at this point but it's like a cat sound uh, like a meow <laughs> like meowmazon in I'll english be honest, i guess it would be meowmazon but i, I think I did at not... this point in english it would be nyamazon because everyone knows it I, I did not know this until you said Nya. If you said Nya, Don, what is that? I'd be like, I have no idea. Nya, Nya, Nya. I don't, I, what, I don't know. It's not a cat noise to me. Okay. I, I, it's like it's like an e-girl thing at this point, right? It's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> the, I know 
lot of the, a lot of the VTubers will say it a lot. They'll just kind of like be playing games and be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, but that's that's a taunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it, what that's what it oh that's what it used to be at least. Back well, I mean, when I it's... was a child. I mean, we are reaching that stage. We are. We are. We're we well not you, it. Victoria, but definitely <laughs> Sabrina and I. But it's just you know different 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 um different languages have different onomatopoeia for animal sounds like no but don't you don't you love the idea that like there's some people today like some kids growing Mm -hmm. up and they're like looking at this old movie or something where the guy's like yeah 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 and they think they're doing the cat sounds oh i don't i don't think i don't think so because i mean it's the it's not it's not like every english-speaking person is gonna know that you know what's the what's the japanese onomatopoeia for cat for a meow Oh no! I mean, I mean, like kids growing up with the internet who are watching the same VTubers that you alluded to earlier could watch something from like the '80s and see somebody doing that yeah 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 yeah. I think they, I think they might actually hmm. equate it more to the cat sound than to the sort of taunting schoolyard. What even is a schoolyard? Uh, I think. I think they'd be smart enough to figure it to figure it out from context like i, I mean not to just like burst your you know whole explanation but i mean it's burst it's burst yeah. and i'm so disappointed in myself yeah. for not coming up with something better moving yeah. on <laughs> uh mizuho gets all this stuff and she gives it away and when she gives it away i mean eventually it starts burning and she gets the blame and let's talk about this episode wow well, it starts the burning first with thing, blue flame. The first thing you see burning is the tree, and I still haven't figured out why that was burning. The burning bush of the Bible. But then after that, it's the lipstick. Yeah, another another girl steals. Another girl is like stealing from her stash of items because you know whatever she can you know if if we take one you know if you take one lipstick from her whatever she just can order another one or cats will bring it to her for free. And it lights it lights on fire, and gets burned up. The fire, the fire, the fire only the fire only affects the items. Like it hurt, it hurts, but it's not going to like burn the person. It just poofs the item. Yeah, but it creates that fear because they don't know that at first. They don't well, know that the con- like flames are not going to hurt them. But the yeah. fire can expand, though. It can burn things. I mean, this girl's hut burns down. So the rules about the fire are not. <laughs> not i don't fully understand them i mean it it it, it it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have to make it doesn't have to make complete sense the point the point is there's there is an uh another another universe kind of um in universe punishment for committing committing a social mis- or some sort of social misdeed like getting something without having without having paid for it um but they don't but the, the other and no one realized that first like they think that since you know, since all the things that are burning came from Misuho, that she's causing the fires, and she doesn't really refute it. The first, she doesn't really refute it because she's she's just kind of living in her she's living in her castle with her cats with all the stuff she gets for free. I mean, this is basically what I would do too. Um, she's a bit of a misanthrope. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like, who could blame her? <laughs> I mean, is it a metaphor for socialism versus capitalism? I mean, it starts to look a lot like capitalism as the episode goes on. Well, and she imposes that because she's the one literally with all the power. And she also has to stop it from burning everybody. 
even though it's not hurting anyone. Well, I suppose that could be the case, but then you could like, you could say, okay, arbitrarily, everyone has a hundred bucks and nothing can cost more than a penny. Well, you can go a long way um, before you need to actually work in that context. But yes, you're right. She institutes capitalism and makes everyone work, (laughs) which seems pretty rude. But she's got... But she's got some she's got some issues coming over from from Earth because we see in flashbacks the reason the reason the student council well the reason the student council is so quick to blame her for the fire is after Nagara kind of um just is kind of obliviously blurts out that he he saw her standing in one of the fire in front of one of the fires is that she she was outspoken on the internet when the student council elections got rigged. And yeah. yeah, and they they came they came uh, they came they came after her for that. Like they you know they they they're like you know it's fine it's fine that we it's fine that we cheated and made what's her face um pony you know pony the the president even though she didn't she didn't win but like how dare you talk about it so like we got some lawyers and shit and like found you know <laughs> found out this was you. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy yeah. how how much people cared about the outcome of that particular <laughs> election. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're if you're if you're a student, like whatever happens in the school kind of is your world. I guess so. They have to, and I they mean, have, and part of part of this part of this is them going beyond those worlds, like going, you know, I guess going beyond their kind of fantasy version of the school out to this. Out to this out to this island that's bigger and more unknown and has a lot has much more has much stranger has much stranger rules than just what happens if you break a window and get caught. It's also strange in that they're on this island and yet it's not an issue of survival. It like yeah, doesn't got, really come up. They got the cats doing the work. <laughs> well, they have unlimited food, right? They have unlimited food. There's no like dangerous predators. It's just kind of this like it's almost like a simulation. In fact, I would almost say it is a simulation. Even just losing like even just losing the things that they took or that they took without paying for, not getting burned by them, that just it feels like that's like something like you would see in a video game too, where if there there was like a, a yes or a no does fire injure you? You know, sometimes fire injures you in a game and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and sometimes when something is taken away from you, there'd be like some kind of like special effect and then it would be gone from your inventory. You know, I don't know, like Breath of the Wild or something. If you like, um, you have like all these like things that you get, but they break eventually. Like there's also Zeldas where things don't break ever. So like those those rules applied to actual people having to deal with them. I think it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how much I have more to say about what happens in this episode. Uh, can you guys talk about what the alien is? Hmm. This is a trick question. It's not a trick question. Well, I think in the sense of alienation that they've they've other they've other Mizuho. 
Yeah. Being both her, being both, you know, making kind of using, using her as the source, the source of all their survival. One of these is the source of their survival and luxury items, but also, um, but also blaming her for yeah, things they, that they may, think or, may or may be not be cause. in her power. Yeah. Very cool. Do you guys have anything else to say about this one? Or do you want to go on to episode three? Well, I guess, what is your take on the resolution? Like, she eventually, they understand finally what the causes are, and I, I can't, she doesn't really get an apology. No, but she still gets to live in her castle. Yeah. But she was going to have that anyway. <laughs> I don't think no, she's really, she was I, not if they took her, not if they broke all of her stuff and dragged her out. I suppose but like that could be mob, interpreted as rules. stealing the castle, which would then erupt into blue flame. So if she can't have it, no one can. Well, yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. Uh, just well, in, the in sense. a slightly darker turn, it certainly could have. But yeah, yeah in- I, instead, it's worse. They invented Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, oh, they invented. Um, they have a, they have an app for your life, like Venmoing people. And then they invented crypto one. bros. <laughs> That's it. It's cautionary tale. Oh God. Oh, we didn't even talk about the title of this series, Sunny Boy. It's such a weird thing to say, but it's kind of memorable. So I guess, but if I was scanning through and Victoria hadn't mentioned like what this is and like, uh, giving me sort of the elevator pitch, I don't think sunny boy was a title. I was going to be like immediately drawn to. I don't know. Me, me neither. It's like, I saw, um, what caught my attention? The guy who runs like that, that Sakuga blog, the, Vlog that's like really really granular about about like the workings of anime studios and such like he was like if he if he hadn't blo- i think if he hadn't blogged about it saying you know just saying how un- how unusual this show this show was then yeah i probably would have scanned over that title too it's sun- sunny boy <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't inspire a lot of curiosity honestly which is strange because there's a lot going on here, but I guess, I guess it's, it's, it, there's not another anime called Sunny Boy. <laughs> I mean, there's I not there's another anime called like Fireplace Shenanigans, but you know, that could be a name too. <laughs> malarkey. <laughs> Monkey Baseball Malarkey. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a far more compelling name, to be honest. If I were just like named like, like the web novel Isekai, it'd be like, my entire classroom was transported to another dimension, and uh, I just and all I got was this T-shirt. And now the cat, now the cats are delivering us stuff from Amazon. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah, you'd have to, you'd have like a five-page title, I think, at this point. Yeah. Uh, episode yeah, and the monkeys play baseball. Episode, but yeah, we're not up, we're was, not up there yet. We just keep another, talking about it. Was another episode about the cats? I think right. Cat uh, wearing claws. Well, we started to explore the concept of other worlds in that one. I, that was actually the most 
interesting episode where they they found out, hey, there's portals to multiple this worlds, and they figured out um, <clears throat> they figured out that Nagara that that has that's that's Nagara's ability that he or they get an inkling that that's his ability by the end of that episode. Yes. Um, the episode is based around the idea that there's, there's people that are sort of getting frozen. They're becoming these black shadows and just kind of freezing in place. And because Mizuho doesn't actually do anything other than make the wishes, uh, make the (laughs) buy things off of Yamazon that uh that she should be involved and they kind of like pull rank on her and uh i don't know how they pull rank i guess that's how government works you know even if you're a billionaire who could buy everything twice over or who's has the means of production and all of it that the government could still kind of tell you what you need to do uh because being part of society is is integral to making sure those things still operate um but they make her go and she decides that she was going to bring an a uh, an associate a helper assistant along, an assistant along and she chooses nagara uh which at first we're not really sure why just i guess I didn't really know why until the end when they revealed that she thought, wait, wait, what was it? (laughs) I'm trying to remember now. Uh, At the end of the episode, they have a sort of tiff where they both kind of say what they're thinking about each other or they're saying something to hurt one another. And I think what she says about him is that she knew she is, is that she chose or he says that she chose him because I need to watch this again. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Searching. Yeah. Apparently I have like goldfish brain. You chose me because you knew I wouldn't do Anything for love? Well, he won't do that. <laughs> By that, I mean anything. Maybe we should just dub this in afterward. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'll just skip some of this. We could actually just not talk about it. We could not talk All about right. anything. Well, it obviously didn't stick in any of our brains. It's shocking that it didn't. <laughs> it's a huge character moment. Is it, though? Uh, and I'm not trying this, to be glib here. Like I feel like this is all about Mizuho and sort of like who she is and and why she is because she's okay. So like the people who who've become frozen, it turns out that they're they kind of are running away from their responsibilities. Yes, uh, and they're also the type of people who can kind of skate by. Because nobody really likes them and or is looking for them to sort of... I would of... say they can escape unnoticed. They, they're they people that are not... They're just barely um, grazing other people's um, attention. So yeah. they, 
they fade into the background very easily and they have now literally faded into their own private sort of spheres or in this case black curtained <laughs> rooms well, yeah they're, they're in the black lodge or like the, the white lodge or whatever from yeah, Twin Peaks. I, I was, yeah I, I definitely i definitely caught that reference but i was like i've heard i made too many twin peaks references already here so i, I wasn't gonna say it, you said it um <laughs> But yeah, they they they're 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 the NPCs. They're the people people don't really the others don't really notice and they've just literally become invisible. Yeah, and it's they're not a, they're, they they aren't exactly like sad about that cuz they don't want to like one of the one of them is a woman or girl who uh she's got animal ears on and she's like doing her thing. And like she definitely says she doesn't want to come back because she doesn't want to work because working sucks. I concur. <laughs> We've got another one. He's just he just live live streaming games to absolutely nobody, which is actually like that's not even sad. That's just how it is most of the time. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, I've done live streams. I did live streams for a game called Dreams, which is like one of those games where you you can. Um, either build your own game or you can play games others built. And I was like, at first I was like one of the like big proponents of it. I was like, this is exciting. Everybody's building these really cool games inside of the PlayStation 4 architecture. So it's like there's, they have limits and limits sometimes leave, lead to amazing creative solutions. So like, I was streaming it and I had like five people watching at most. It was doing numbers. Uh, but you have to act like there's a hundred people watching. You can't act like there's nobody watching. So you're just performing on the stage and it's like, it's like, it's like that typical cliche of like doing your one man act in like Los Angeles or something where it's just you and like your, your landlord. <laughs> Are. yeah like um anybody you can kind of coerce into like coming ah. to your thing i don't know like your neighbor or you're like uh like the person that owes you a favor yeah uh, my, my landlord doesn't even want to turn the heat on they're not going to show up to my show no i suppose not <laughs> if that's the case why would they turn your heat on I feel very yeah, bad I mean, for I mean, you suddenly yeah i was just I, I was always joking oh okay yeah i mean they're sending I mean, with it but that's not really that's not that's not um the the punch the the joke was more important than the reality. <laughs> you guys don't have like a landlord that's your best friend. I mean, I do, but I don't think it falls into the same definition as what yours is. No, mine was completely platonic, but I don't know <laughs> what you're implying. I was implying that mine is not platonic. Got it. <laughs> Actually, we we bought our condo, so. So you're in the same. <sighs> our landlord is the sky and the mm. water and the birds in the air. Your, your landlord is the bank. <laughs> <laughs> My landlord is the bank. That is correct. Um, getting back to the topic, though, um, I don't know what happened. Um, they they did their detective game for a while, and when they discover that these people are hiding, they determine that they're going to drag them out of those places it, 
they say it's a rescue in some ways, but because I don't think they know how to leave after they're there. Yeah, they seem stuck, but they they don't don't seem seem unhappy. unhappy. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But I I do think like it's kind of like a for your own good situation. And in some ways, I think it is for their own good. Right. And the word hikikomori comes up, you know, yeah. and that's that's a very Japanesey sort of thing. I mean, I'm sure it's everywhere, but the the sort of con- the, the the connotations of the stigma behind it aren't uniquely Japanese, but when they're said in a Japanese show in Japanese, it definitely feels like it's kind of a critique of those types who become shut-ins or recluses. Um and who don't find their place in society, who kind of run away from their problems or run away from their duties and responsibilities. Uh, and so they use the guy that bends gravity or whatever, or no, they use, they use the Yamazon to order fantasy items, I guess. Is that what happened? I'm not entirely certain. They had these they had these dogs on leashes. That were, I thought it might have been. That I were also... Sorry, I thought it might have been. Um... I'm blanking out. <laughs> but they were they were they were like dog like things on leashes yeah. that could then I, I, be, like become these I don't know air blowers. I'm not really that, sure what happened. Did that come out? I thought of, it might like... have been Raj, Rajani's. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I thought I'm they with might Victoria. have been his inventions. Yeah, they had they had that shine to them, so probably. Those things confuse me because there have been the appearances of things that are not normal. And it's just like, well, get used to it because here it is. <laughs> and meanwhile, it's like something burst into flame. And like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, is that different than the floating dog thing? I don't know. Like, anyway, go I on. Do, I do want to talk a little bit about the aesthetic like design of the show because I think it's really an attractive looking show that doesn't look like a lot of other things. Um, I, constantly you see these like, like super bright saturated colors behind the characters and stuff. Uh, it's very colorful. It's very, it's not, it's not, it's not that original as far as like this kind of, um, art style for the, the, the sort of slightly more realistic anime style that they get for the kids and stuff, but for the people characters, but, it's it's like a step above death note if that makes sense <laughs> like it's a little further towards them being more realistic than it is them being more uh stylized and they're, i th- i thought it worked well they they're very they're very they're very neutrally colored oh the, yeah the, yeah the, like the characters the and backgrounds. stuff yeah it's like a lot of brown brown a lot of white um, so Zomi's probably the only one that sort of breaks that because her shirt is blue, similar to the sky. Don, nothing. Uh, no, nothing. Wow. Okay. Moving no. on. Uh, but um, they, I was going to say that. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. Mizuho, like. But but even um, you know, compared to the compared to these recluse characters, like Mizuho, she's you know as she she you know as much as she isolates herself like she still wants you know she still wants to do 
she still wants to do her part and she particularly looks down on Nagara for also being like, he's not, he's not that different from those characters. He's just kind of, he's as, as at least at this point in the show, he's just kind of very there. We'll just, we'll, you know, yeah, we'll do, we'll do whatever, but doesn't particularly want to. I, so she's again, kind of dragging him out. She's kind of dragging him out too. In a way. Yeah. I feel like, again, it's a, that sort of, if he's the main character, it's the, the sort of, the dude treatment where the action happens around him. He is not acting or responding to the action all that much. I mean, um, I mean I'd, I'd, say, I'd say that way, at least in the beginning in the, in the beginning, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does. It's just, it's, I don't think it's really spoiling anything as part of normal character growth. Eventually, eventually the, like the bland, you know, eventually the bland characters will, were, you know, spice will, up. You know, yeah. Yeah. They'll spice, they'll spice up. Well, he might be the savior. <laughs> so it's kind of undetermined what his role will be, but um him I would say in this episode because of how things go down between him and Mizuho that we we do see him kind of get a little bit more proactive already. We see a little bit of that seed planted where he he does drive a bit of the action because he comes up with he comes up with the idea to uh, with the plan uh to to go to go to the portals yeah is it the case that the only way the portals are accessed is through him i kind of felt like that was the case and i couldn't tell it does feel like that but they were somehow able to get into those other worlds without him. So I'm not sure. Yeah, they got in, just... but they couldn't get out. It's as if it's sort of like a, a an outcropping, a growth of another of another this world that then is annihilated, actually. Right? Yeah, like, that's an interesting they, point. They too. solved this problem, quote unquote, of people vanishing, and then I don't think it's coming back, but the way they did that seemed to be this destruction of this other, of of another this world. Again, very hard to. I mean, use I don't that. think anyone was complaining about the destruction of that this world because there didn't seem to be anybody else in it other than those kids, and it was, was just it a bunch a, of curtains. Was it definitely a separate world? Did, did I miss that? Because I thought it was just kind of like I don't a know space it, within a space within it. They talked about it as if it was one of those this worlds, but ah, okay. uh, because he opened a portal. And usually when they discuss the portals, they're talking about that. But it wasn't like how it is in the other episode where uh, when you see his power activate, it's almost like he has the power to change the background of the anime. <laughs> like he's just <laughs> able to change out the art. <laughs> change in the wallpaper. Yeah, so... Um, what is there was something weird that happened at the end of this episode though no is it the end of the fourth episode is that we got a new character right yes the, uh, the yeah. teacher shows up the very busty yeah. teacher uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe like my one, maybe, maybe like my, I mean, it, I mean, luck, luckily it's not like. I mean, they're busty women. Super, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, it's what the camera angles more. I mean, I, I for what for what's worth, I don't find it like 
you know, as the resident fan service hater, like I don't find it too bad, but it was definitely a little like, damn it, you know, <laughs> we were doing so well. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, um, at this point, Sabrina and I have seen at most 30 seconds of this character. So we have no idea the role that she is supposed to play and how much quote unquote fan service she will provide or not. Yeah. Not, not really, really not that, really not that much. That's good to know. I mean, yeah. I just don't like that stuff in general. I'm sure there are people who listen to this and they're like, they're okay with it, but I, I've never like turned I, the only, I think the only fan servicey thing that I just reached my limit with was, um, high school of the dead i just found it to be ridiculous in a way that was very off-putting you know i'm actually i'm actually like more bothered by it in like ser- in like more serious artful shows where like it, where i feel like it you know it can be it can be distracting from the point like i think i've complained about this with cowboy bebop how like it's you know it's 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 under it's understood when when Faye I almost called her Faye and wow <laughs> when Faye is like using her you know is using her is using her vice to try you know to try to um it's like you know when she's when she's using it to kind of to kind of put men on defense but you know when we have like really serious moments with her and we're staring down her shirt then that that just feels like it feels like at that moment we're not regarding we're not regarding her with this you know as as a serious as a serious character as, as the serious characters we should but if it's like something like keijo which is like a few years ago is this show about oh god about like a sport yeah a sport where like girls fight with their boobs and butts and i'm like all right you know you know what i'm, I'm cool with it i'm cool with this i'm not i'm not gonna watch it all but like you know this 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 is this is exactly the right premise this is exactly the right premise for its purpose like if it's gonna be cheesecake and it's gonna be on in those late night like little slots in Japan, you know, you know the ones I'm talking about. Yeah, like, you'll just wake up in the middle of the night, turn on the TV, and there'll be like a guy trying to lift a, a lady's skirt with a like giant construction vehicle, and that's like the show. And you're like, <laughs> this is on TV. <laughs> it just sorry, I wasn't I wasn't sure where we were gonna go with this. It was for like all a list of reasons. It was like a backhoe. So this is a real experience that you have had. This is a real experience that I have had watching TV in Japan. I thought you were making shit up. I'm not. No, I believe that this came from a place of reality. I just, I mean, when I turned on the TV late at night, it was silk stockings on, on whatever, on like USA up all night. That's what it was. Because I didn't have cable like your parents, Sabrina, where you got the real hardcore stuff. No, I had to like make do with silk stockings but here you've got in japan (laughs) you've got like somebody with a backhoe being like use that to lip up a woman's dress and presumably in a way that she's not going to notice which seems impossible i mean i I think she was in on it (laughs) (laughs) but once she's in on it all the fun is lost like i don't don't know they look like they were having a lot of fun at her (laughs) expense I'm, I'm assuming it's some like variety show bullshit. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was. It's it's the variety show that comes on at like two a.m. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not like, and there's anime that come on at that hour too. And there's there's ones obviously that go directly to video because television wants nothing to do with them. But uh, I don't think that's so common nowadays, though. Probably not. Probably not. This is probably a throwback to like yeah. those 
halcyon days of yore. <laughs> the salad um, days of our youth. <laughs> salad days. There's a, I think there's an anime called Salad Days. I think um, so. But actually, that's a, that's, a, that's a good point, salad. So it's like, you know, if, if, I, if I want dessert, then, you know, bring me the cheesecake. But if I order, like, a salad as a meal and there's a che- there's cheesecake in it. I'm like, Oh, what the fuck is this doing here? Like get, get out. You're ruining, you know, you're ruining the salad. That's, that's, that's kind of how I feel about fan service. I love that metaphor. <laughs> it's just about perfect. Um, yeah. <sighs> monkey baseball, right? Monkey baseball. I don't know what yeah. to say about it. Let's just jump right into like what it means. Uh, seems obvious to me, but It didn't seem obvious to Don, so let me just say what I think, and then we'll just go around round robin style. Um, I thought it was about how these monkeys reminded people who once loved the sport of baseball that it was something that they could love without having all of these extra attachments to it. Um, And as you get older, you know, when you're into sports, which I'm just guessing here (laughs) because this doesn't describe me at all. But as you get older, I guess um, some of the pressures to perform and to connect sports to some greater either career or college hopes or whatever it is uh, sort of diminishes the sort of primal fun of hitting a ball and running around with your friends or just, you know, just that that kid-like joy. Um, and the monkeys who are given the holy tome of baseball <laughs> and learn to play it, uh, it seems like they're almost like a manifestation of this person's desire to bring the sport back to its roots. What I didn't quite understand, and maybe you guys can fill in, uh, y'all can fill in the blanks for me here, is what the legend of the one-armed monkey uh, hitter was about? I'm I'm gonna take a couple steps back from your attempt to put order on the chaos of the monkey story. In that, <laughs> while that may have been a facet of it, the sort of innocence of youthful baseball being subsumed by the realities of grown-up existence and sports fandom there's so many other pieces to this that don't fit at all like the fact that i don't know how long they've been on this island but if you're playing like multiple series world series worth like that's implying it's years worth of baseball a baseball season is like six months long but they only have two teams so that doesn't make any sense either and also we've centered on like a couple there the the players are all like weird hyper examples of tropes and then the one armedness is not i i don't see how that connects to anything but then also there's the blue monkey who's supposed to be the best of all and then like i think we see the blue monkey the first i don't recall the color of the monkey but i believe it was blue when um in the very beginning of the episode right um, when uh, Nagara initially is falling into a, a black pool of not water substance, but falls instead on some sort of cliff and then warps them all 
into what appears to be a normal playing field with a blue monkey on the mound. Am I, is, is this ringing any bells? Yeah. Was this um, after Nozomi let him like hit the rock? Yeah, she was because he was going yeah. to be saved by what? what is the gentleman's name? Uh, I don't Asakaze? Remember. Yeah. Is that and, and she's like, no, hold up. I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> um, and Which so, makes her your favorite character, right? Well, she is my favorite <laughs> character still, but mostly because she, like, she is very strong-willed and she's got... She appears to have an agenda. That not, not Actually, that's not quite right. I don't know that she's got an agenda, but she certainly knows herself in ways that other characters don't seem to. And she takes... Um, she's not willing to play by everybody else's rules, which I like uh, quite a bit. Um, anyway, back to monkey baseball, like the whole thing is like, they've been there for a very long time now, but half of the Island didn't know that the other half had like seen and been watching like monkey world series baseballs. And the only way you can see this is through this flashlight that people are shining. Like, I mean, aside from the fact that this is insane, it sounds even more insane when I'm trying to describe it. Like, it sounds like <laughs> I am bonkers. Just roll with it. I, so, I do I do sympathize there. Um, I, the only reason I, I came to the conclusions I did and ignored the rest is because I ignored the rest. Yeah. And I sort of woke up when the character literally told us what it means. <laughs> To him, to him, to that specific character, how like they were let down by sort of what baseball became to them and how the monkeys kind of reminded him of that. But is is everyone along for everyone else's like sort of ride here in this world? Like I it feels like they're talking about monkey baseball and it isn't a thing. And then it suddenly is a thing. So I wasn't sure like like I don't think they actually have a history with monkey baseball. I think part of their journey into this world is that there's already a history of monkey baseball for some reason. They but the who is Ace? Ace gives them the rule book. Presumably they didn't know how to play until they had that. I literally don't think this happens though. <laughs> There's a scene where a a book is put out and a monkey paw grabs it. Like you're... he says that, right? He says that at one point. This is what I wanted to highlight. At one point, they they suggest that Nagara used to play baseball, and he's like, "I did." <laughs> he's like, "That's right." I, yeah, I don't recall this. <laughs> it's almost like everybody has these sudden memories that don't actually exist. And they have this history that doesn't exist. And I'm not sure what to make of it. Maybe you can help me with this, Victoria, because I was going a little crazy too, but for different <laughs> reasons than Dawn. <laughs> um, t- time, time is a little weird in this world. In the this world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, ag- again, I, I think it's best not to take, not to take it too literally. Otherwise, we'll just get more and more confused. Um. <laughs> Actually, you know, I didn't even consider that Nagara maybe didn't actually play baseball, but I'm pretty sure he just literally did, and it's just like he froze. It, it, it's just such a, <laughs> he froze on the mound when he was up at bat. 
Am I saying that right? <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I mean, just just because you played it doesn't mean you enjoyed playing it. Like, I feel like. Oh, well, he know, definitely I, did not enjoy playing it. So that was, yeah. you know. But I feel like you know, gym class and such would always end up having to like. You know, I feel like I don't know. I feel like you would end up being, having at some point doing you know playing sports to fit to fit in, and maybe still fail. Yeah, at least that was my that was that was that was my experience with that was my experience with gym class. Not my favorite, but anyway. <laughs> I literally hated. I hated gym class. I oh, yeah. hated um, most I sports. I mean, it may not be a surprise that we're all doing this podcast and sports <laughs> were not our favorite. But I mean, I I was never anybody's first pick, but there were sports I enjoyed. Which is not a sin. Which is not a sin. You are. I'm glad that we're not implying it's a sin for crying out loud. <laughs> no, I, mean, I think I think it's I think it's a good thing to, to part- I think it's a good thing to participate in overall. Just boring to talk about. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I was like, yeah, I remember the time I had to do a gym. You know, you had to, oh, I had to fake a gym elective, and like I ended up in ping pong for like a couple of semesters, and like. You could not like stop to talk for a few seconds. Like it, the teachers would like yell at you if you were not constantly playing ping pong and just. Uh, I'm you know, sorry. It's like, <laughs> like this wave of bad memories coming back of just having to play that oh, much man. ping pong. Like, now I really yeah. want to do Yuasa's <laughs> ping pong series. <laughs> I remember I saw the live act, the live action movie a long time ago. I liked that. Yeah. I liked the live action movie. I thought it was well done. It had supercar and doing the music. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's already major indie points. But anyway, <laughs> gosh, I it's easy to get lost in this one. Um, but I don't even know where to go from there. I don't. I don't know how to wrap up monkey baseball. Like, he, what happened at the end when he like gets up at bat and then like it looks like he's gonna do something and then he doesn't swing it <laughs> well this is i believe my understanding of this is he's under a, a fair amount of stress and that causes him to like realize how to trigger his power somehow okay. ace knows this is going to happen and is that what it was he was trying to do that he wasn't he didn't know how to control it up until that point, And afterwards he did. And it's also revealed what Ace whispers to him is like, hey, if I win, you have to take us basically straight home. That's what I want you to do. Given the implication is that um, uh, he doesn't, <laughs> that otherwise left to his own devices, um, Nagara would be perfectly happy not taking them home or wasn't taking them home on purpose when most of them do want to go home. But Ace is like, I don't belong here. I belong back in the world where I'm a really cool person that has a promising baseball career and all the chicks want to sleep with me. Like this is, this is hell to me. Get me out of here. Except Um, it turns out to be a lie. Uh, he doesn't have a promising baseball career because he's not going to ever be good enough. No, no, that you're 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 mixing it up. Oh wait, you're right. Ace yeah, is, the one, is the one. Cap is the one who has come to terms with the fact that he's never going to be good enough. Ace is the one who's like, no, I've already been scouted or 
Cap is the one who said, hey, Ace is somebody, I don't know who it was. I thought it was Cap said like, hey, Ace has had these pro, pro scouts sniffing around him. Yeah. That's um, right. That's right. Sorry. Which is which is why it's going to be so hard for Nagara to hit the baseball, which is fine. But then Nagara goes up. He's giving. He's actually. He doesn't really try in the first pitch. I don't remember what happens on the second. Oh, that's why um, Ace tries to bean him because he's not. He's not engaged enough. Um, right. Right. And that sort of snaps snaps him into sort of trying, and then he's able to flick the switch of going to other this worlds so that bit actually made sense to me how that all played out and the impact of it the problem was you know when they're like okay great now bring us home and he's like i i can't i can now flip the switch but i'm not i cannot bring us in any particular direction why didn't ace just like embrace it and become the best monkey ball champion (laughs) Monkey super baseball, monkey ball. <laughs> super monkey ball champion. He doesn't play baseball with the monkeys. They just, yeah, that bit is still very confusing. He could have, yes. is what I'm saying. I don't know. I there was that. no discussion of intramural baseball playing between the monkeys and the non-monkeys. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Oh, that would be fan- that would have been a fantastic reference. Love it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it matters that much. It's it's like the monkey parable is about is about how their futures could go. I think. Yeah. Like we have the um, the umpire the umpire is the umpire the one armed umpire is someone who also like Cap couldn't you know did not have the potential to be a star, but he becomes the rule enforcer, and because of that, he literally gets he literally gets trampled for having. You know, having having crushed having crushed everyone's dreams about you know the blue monkey being the perfect player, so I don't know is Cap going to be is Cap going to become that is um Ace going to become the blue the blue monkey? So, uh, I I'm I, just nodding because I literally was asleep during all of yeah, the, I don't know. All of I mean, the episode. When I when I got back to the rewatching episode, like I was really dreading it, but it's actually not as like. There's not that as much monologue. There's not as much. Um, there's there's not as much play by play. Yeah, as I this this doesn't take up as much of the episode as I remembered. It's it's like it's 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 a it's a ball it's a ballsy choice to break the to break the rule of showing not telling by you know telling instead of showing because we literally can't see these monkeys. But you know, is, is it is it a, an effective choice? Uh, that'd be my sorta, last question. Sorta not, that'd be it's... my last question. Like, what? <laughs> why don't we see the monkeys? What does that mean? Uh, well, we do occasionally see them. Well, why are I they invisible? They exist. Why do they? Well, and also, there's like being invisible, but there's also being invisible and not, and you know, being able to impact your surroundings. Like, it seems they're both invisible and. They're ghostly. They don't actually impact the surroundings. They don't interact with the visible world. But the whole thing is, yeah. It, I, there's more there that I have not been able to figure out. <laughs> well, it's good to leave, you know, everyone with a little bit of mystery. And leave we must because we are over our time. Thank you both for joining the the broadcast tonight. Is this a broadcast? The podcast no. tonight. <laughs> uh Gosh, we're 
we we've got uh, two more episodes on Sunny Boy, and then I don't know what's next. But well, don't uh, don't say, don't say that. Say say we'll get back to you on it. <laughs> but don't say that. I hope you'll all join us uh, for more of this interesting, but it's slightly obtuse show. <laughs> anyway, thanks for wa- thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. And I'm forgetting something. Yeah, you definitely are. <laughs> no, I'm not. Y- no, we are not giving up that hallowed tradition. What tradition are you referring to? When we say Okashiku Ikoyo. Okashiku Ikoyo. Oh, I missed it there. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know if we... <laughs> it was perfect. It, it was perfect. No, no notes. No notes. Riley. Yeah, Andrew. Do you want to make a podcast ad? I do, but what would we mention? So I think that we could probably put together an ad for a show called The Podcast Minds. Ah. There, but for the grace of pod, go we. You know, it's a podcast where we both pitch each other podcast ideas instead of doing one ourselves. Yeah, it's a podcast pilot pitching project. Totally. It's We should mention that it's a comedy show, right? Where we throw out ideas like getting weirdly deep into the themes of Jumanji. Is that one a podcast? No, no. Uh, I, I, it's, a, it's a podcast idea that is actually a front for me to talk to you about hyperfixations I got. Oh, that's uh, most of the things that you hit me with. Uh, what about instead if we just talked about all the different ways you could do a rewatch of Lost? Oh, that sounds like you just did what I did, but <laughs> you said it in a positive voice. Okay, and along the way, what if we pitched ideas like, I don't know, Epic Rap Battles of Mystery, the Lin-Manuel Miranda podcast? Listen to the podcast minds. There before the grace of pod, go we on your podcatcher of choice on the Moonshot Network. Hi-ho! Hi-ho! Every Friday. Hi there, my name's Max Newland. My friends and I love anime, but you don't have to take my word for it. Hello, my name is Max Kostrak, and I have a confession today. I do love anime. Hey there, my name is Stevie Matos, and I love anime like I love yogurt parfaits. I watch it, I engage with it, and I think about it a lot. Give me a good bed of mechs, sprinkled with some harem anime, a slice of life, and some little dabs of a sports anime. Let's go. Mm. Now doesn't that sound delicious? Join us every Monday at the After School Anime Club, a podcast where we play fun games and talk through the anime classics of the 90s and 2000s. That's the After School Anime Club, available now on your podcatcher of choice. of all time this is champs in the making a pokemon bracket podcast where we take every one of these creatures in the pokemon video game franchise put them in a bracket together and find out which one the best one is starmie gives me like organic free range gluten-free like fidget spinner energy swallow can swallow a tire hole in one gulp ladybug looks like it is ready to give you so many high fives with each of its little mitten hands <laughs> i don't like weird ears face it's got a big testicle for a nose, for sure. <laughs> I think Nido King's favorite beer is PBR. <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
Champs in the Making, a Moonshot Network podcast about Pokemon. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or first at patreon.com slash moonshotnetwork.